So I had a type two client say to me, I'm presenting next week to a large group of people and I am nervous out of my mind. And I'm afraid, you know, for a lot of things, like, will they like me? Will I come off? You know, all kinds of internal angst about how I'm going to be perceived by this group. And so I can see myself doubling down and working really hard on this presentation. And I'm starting to work too much on it. It's like an obsessive thing for me. And so I said to him, dude, you're a two, right? Just like start off the presentation by saying, hey, listen, I'm anxious because I need to know that you you guys like me. So could you give me a little love right now? And he laughed. He thought that was so funny. Yeah. And I said, but, but that's true of you, right? Yeah. And so people are going to feel that, uh, particularly for those in the group that actually know you, right? They know that this is who you are. Can you imagine what their response is going to be? And he smiled a little bit. I said, they're going to give you love, dude. They're going to clap. They're going right. to cheer. They're going to be for you. And then what do you think that will do for you? It's like, oh, yeah. Definitely, it'll relax me. I'll, I'll feel a little bit calmer. You know, it, it gets it sort of out of underneath all of, you know, where it is. It's kind of underneath functioning and, and it'll mess up your presentation. But once you get that out, mm. you'll probably be good. Yeah, you're calling it out and you're starting in a good place because you've called it out in humor, in a bid for connection, asking for what you need. And this is a great way to kick off this conversation about empathy for the type two. So let's get into that a bit more here. So as we continue talking about empathy for the types, uh, you know, here we are in the heart center and the type two has this starting point. If if you can imagine for a moment what it might be like to have your starting point as you are not sure that you are loved. It's, it's not something that is consistent for you, something that comes and goes, but oftentimes at moments of pain, it feels really, really pronounced to you. Like, I don't know that I'm loved. And for a lot of other people, it's, well, how could you not know that? That's sort of the question, like, well, you're, you are loved, or, you know, what evidence do you have that you're not loved? But again, we're talking about this sort of existential experience, which is something that doesn't have a rationality to it. Its origins are unknown to us. It seems like people feel like they were born with that sensitivity or that predisposition and that life just seems to confirm that for them. I know twos who were raised with phenomenally loving parents who were probably uh, the epitome of a, of, of a perfect family, you know, and parents who were supportive, loving, encouraging, affirming, all the things that a type two might want and still the two will say for some reason even though I know they love me, right? The sort of like the head knowledge of that, the heart experience of feeling loved internally was missing. Mm. And so for other types like myself, you know, who aren't twos, to feel what that is like, I have a few thoughts about that. One is imagine that you are in a family relationship and you give love to people around you, you are wanting to do something for them. So you serve them, you do something good for them. But it seems like nobody cares what it is that you do. It's like, it's like I don't really need your help, thanks. But, you know, mm-hmm. no, I don't need you. Or, no, I, I don't need you around. I'm good. And that's your constant experience of family, of people around you. Is that after a while, you will feel like I don't, matter. I don't have a sense of being wanted. 
And even though you may not need a whole lot of that, you we have all experienced times where we have shown up at perhaps a party and nobody said hi to us. Nobody reached out to us. Nobody interacted with us. And maybe we felt more comfortable that way because we're introverted and we wanted to stand back. But after a while, you start to feel this sort of like, am I invisible? Does no, I mean, I'd like at least a little bit of something with people. Mm. Um, and so we can feel that occasionally. And that's what the two feels. We can feel the times where you're wanting to make a contribution to the world. But for whatever reason, your contribution at work, let's say, for example, it just goes without being noticed. It's sort of like, eh, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, anybody else could have done that. And that sense of, I don't feel like what I'm giving is wanted, and therefore I'm not wanted. And so there's this internal sense that it can function sometimes very quietly for twos, and at other times it comes back pretty strongly. And like, I don't know that I'm really loved or wanted in this space. And that is the pain point. That is the part that we, I think, can come alongside and start to feel. At times I've looked at my own life and thought, oh yeah, I know those times where I felt like I'm not, whatever it is I'm contributing does not seem to matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I can't seem to break into this new group over here. You know, I've just joined this new group and I'm on the outside. And and so I might do an extra thing to kind of like, like, sure, I'll get this for you. Yeah, I'll do that. You know, it's kind, yeah. of, kind of a, an entry point for me is I'll do something for the group to show that I genuinely want to be part of what's happening here. And yet, for some reason, found myself having a hard time breaking in. Mm. And that's a terrible feeling. It's a feeling of like, you don't exist or you don't matter. So those are some of the access points for a lot of us is to look at your own story and to see where that has happened for you. And as you remind yourself of that, that can help you to start to feel internally what it is like to be a two. You're not going to feel entirely what a two feels. And nor are you going to go about it the same way if you're not a two. But you will feel similar feelings of knowing the times where you have felt unloved, not appreciated, not wanted. And that's where I think solidarity can come in. That's sort of the side by side, like, all right, I'm with you. I'm with you in this space. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all of us, to a certain extent, can relate to an experience where we wanted to be important to someone else. Mm. This experience where, am I important to you? Because if I'm important to you, that says something good about me. Yeah. And so you, you're meeting with someone you really respect, someone you really look up to, someone you really like, oh, I would love to be important to that person because that will give me a sense of meaning, a sense of identity, this who am I. And you may have had that experience where you're meeting someone and your mind is going through, your feelings are being like, I I hope I can connect to this person. I hope this person sees something in me that is valuable, that is important, that will affirm something I want to believe about my, my own sense of being in this world. And in that place, you're tapping into that bit of the two within you. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm important to you, it means that I can benefit you in some way. I can meet some kind of a need, even if it's conversational, friendship, emotional, romantic, service. It could come into a lot of different categories, but I have something to offer. And that means that I have a sense of meaning in who I am. So Mm -hmm. it says something about my identity. Mm -hmm. But the starting point 
is with others. And I think where my empathy comes in with twos when I remember this is this place of remembering that they're always trying to like measure the distance. Not that they want to be close to everyone, but those that they find important, they want to also be important to. And that they're managing their relational distance between us. And so there's this mechanism in them that is always trying to calculate how do we have a good connection, a good interaction between mm-hmm. us because you're important to me and I want to be important to you. Mm-hmm. And so that mechanism that's always functioning can be an incredible gift to create connection, but it can also be exhausting if you feel like you're trying to make that connection and you're not getting a response back. The Gottmans in in romantic relationships, when they're talking about couples that last, and their research always goes back to a a few key components, but one of them is this idea of the bid for connection. Hmm. And our relationships that are most important to us, we are making bids for connection. Mm -hmm. And so you see this like two heart in there that's saying, can we connect in this way? Can I be important to you? And when it's reciprocated, it feels so good. Yeah. It's such an incredible point of saying, I am valuable, I am loved, I have meaning. But when, you know, you hit that ball across the net and then the other person just watches it go by, that's what's so painful. It's like there's no reciprocation of energy, of emotion, of saying I'm also important to you. And there's no receptivity as well. So if you imagine like, you know, one of the greatest gifts that twos teach us is when you do for somebody else, there's something so rewarding in just doing that. Mm-hmm. And it feels so good, right? You've served somebody else. But what if every time you did something for somebody you love and they were they didn't care? It's like it doesn't yeah. doesn't mean anything to them or they they don't receive it at all. Or they think that's just what you should do. That's what you the should obligation. do. You're obligated. Yeah, yeah. That's your role. That's your job. Right. Right. So and that's where it becomes very functional. And twos don't like that kind of functionality. Right. It doesn't feel connected. Yeah, I like that's really good too. That receptivity. Can you receive from me? And it's a good question for the twos. And this is something that when we if we turn to a little bit of the coaching for them, mm. is learning to receive as well. Yes. Learning to be able to receive when someone else is trying to do something for you. They're making a a bit of connection and they might do it in a way that you don't recognize just as you might do something in a way that they don't recognize. Yeah, that's really good. And then there's the part of empathy that is not just the responsibility of the world around us. What I mean by that is everybody's waiting for someone else to do something for them. It's like, you know, well, if you are uh, this way, then I can be this way. You know, if you would stop being so this, then I wouldn't be so mm. affected by this. If you created a safe space, then I would feel safe. If you, you know, were, it's always everybody else has to start or it becomes. If you have taken this emotional relational responsibility, <laughs> yeah. then, then I, I could would. respond with yes. Yeah. And, and so if you wait forever, you're either going to starve or you're going to create a, an extremely dependent uh, kind of relationship, which can be mutually dependent, by the way. It's not just that there's always one that's the giver and one that's always the taker. 
in many relationships, it's a mix of both, but it's where mm-hmm. someone is being really under-responsible and then someone is over-responsible in a different area. And that can cross, so that can that can switch roles. So, you know, uh, it happens in these, you know, much more common, I think, than, than most people realize. So, if you are waiting to feel like someone cares for me... Yeah. yeah, I'm waiting for somebody to get, to meet my needs because I'm meeting everybody else's needs. There's two things that can be really powerful for a two and can move them out of this sort of waiting and never being satisfied. And it is that the two becomes more aware of what their needs are and then mm-hmm. communicates those needs. And at first, it's not yeah. easy. It is incredibly difficult. It cuts across every romantic notion within the two. Um, that a, a loving world is one in which everybody meets, meets everybody else's needs. And it becomes very practical. And so that part feels, ugh, I don't like that as much. But remarkably, it actually gets to the point where they can be and experience more empathy because they can open up and say, you know what, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I feel like I'm doing so much and I'm not appreciated. And I know that's a lot of my own interpretation. That's important to say. I know that it is a lot of my interpretation that I'm not feeling appreciated. And so I would love to just, you know, have a hug or have you, you know, look at me for a few minutes, talk to Mm -hmm. me, hear me. That is a point at which I know for me, if someone does that to me, and is not accusing me or putting it onto me, mm. it opens up a huge wellspring of love for me. I just want to love that person. Because yeah. if they're that honest with me and they're vulnerable, I care about vulnerability and I want to protect that. And I think most people do. Yeah. I don't know. I'm saying most people. It may not be in your circles. Well, I, but, yeah, I don't you know. know. Yeah. For some, there's going to be a lot of people, I think, that relate to that. I just think of how many times a two has said to me, I shouldn't have to ask him for that. Mm -hmm. When we are all doing our work, we have to confront the stories we believe about the world. And a growth edge for the two is learning to say, I need this. I need this time with you. Mm -hmm. I need this connection with you. And that's hard because the story is, I recognize it. You should recognize it too and give it without asking. So... It's not just that they believe like an opt an ideal world is everyone meeting and reading and meeting each other's needs, but the fundamental thing that if you're not noticing what I need, that you're ignoring something, but that fundamentally you should see it. Mm. And it's painful because you should see it. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that that's not the way they're wired. And to really have connection is to honor the fact that the person you want connection with is not wired in the same way that you are to recognize it. Yeah. And having a lot of care for where they're coming from, that they may need to be asked, mm-hmm. and that there is nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with you for needing to ask. And that's another point I've hit with twos, is this belief that if I then ask that there's something wrong with the connection because they're not seeing it and I shouldn't have to ask for it. And if I am asking for it, then I'm needing something that I shouldn't. Sometimes there's that there can be that shame story that I've seen come into play. And it really, you know, obviously we're speaking very generally here. And mm-hmm. there's a, 
this is, would be very different if we were on a one-on-one coaching, but in a very general sense, this does happen. Reminding both parties that it's good to make bids for connection. It's okay to ask for what you need. In fact, it's really good. It's really helpful. Well, and the additional thing is, it can also be that the two looks, hears that and says, well, if I have to ask for it, then it's not real. Because when you do it, it's because I asked. So it's not coming from a place of true desire or love or motivation from you. And in fact, that is, you know, I can speak for me. It's absolutely not true. (laughs) If someone says, I remember saying this to a team that I was leading. I said, listen, guys, I'm not going to be the one to read or notice things that you need immediately. It's not, I'm not, I'm not quick to that. Mm. But if you need time with me and you ask you have no idea what it does. My heart goes, yes, 100%. Yeah. I'm there for you. Thank right. you. Thank you. Thank you for I telling want me. to be able to do this for you. Yeah. Because I yeah. wanted to do something. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for saying what it is. Because now you've empowered me to yeah. actually be able to do what I really want to do for you. Yeah. And it has to be for you. Like, it can't be. This is the other right. thing that can happen with... Uh, with all types, but it can be like, oh, could you do this dishes for me? Could you do this? And they tend to be satellite, I call them satellite needs because they don't really get to the sun or the planet around which these moons are circling. It's like, let's get to the core. Let's get to the real thing. And it's not as easy to get to the real thing because sometimes people think, no, it is my need. My need is for you to do this. So you do that. And it leaves them unsatisfied. And it's like, mm-hmm. could you do this? And then you do that and it's still unsatisfied. Is it? Right. So what's really going on? What's the... What's, Right. You feel unsupported, unconnected, unwanted, unneeded. And so, you know, grace to all of us, because oftentimes you just don't see it as a two. You're just completely blind to it. Just like every other type is completely blind to their core need, you know, until you become awake and aware and you practice awareness around that. But if you can, and when you are aware, it's, oh, is it the dishes really that I want done? Or is it that I want her or him to sit with me for a few moments to just talk to me. Yeah. And oftentimes it is more of that. I need you to see me, right? So that's a big thing for the heart center. I need you to see me um, and feel in that way when you look into my eyes and you are interested in me, you know, I feel seen, I feel wanted. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you so much for listening. You can find out more about us at www.theartofgrowth.org. That's the place to learn more about our comprehensive training and coaching programs for organizations around team health. And you can also reach out to us there about individual coaching as well. And there are many tools on the Art of Growth website to help you on your journey. We'd also encourage you to check out the main Art of Growth podcast. Grace and growth, my friends.